Welcome to another episode of Metal Brain Fart, where we speak shit, nonsense, drinking, listening to music, having a fun, fun, big time, because this is for fun! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mel Brain Fart. Unfortunately, to, tonight I'm uh, without my co-host uh, Brute Underhead, but I have a guest. I'm uh, sitting outside uh, Club Freax Mangio with uh, my good uh, friend from uh, the from band Eternal Evil, and this is uh, the vocalist and the guitarist Adrian. Hi, Adrian. How's it going, man? Hey, man. It's doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure, dude. Uh, tonight, uh, obviously not tonight, but uh, today you released a new single. Tell us about uh, this single. Yeah, we, so we just released uh, a single called Best in Fornication, and it's the second track on uh, the album. And uh, yeah, it's a very fast track. It's actually the only song that has blast beats. Uh, otherwise, the other songs have uh, Slayer beats. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, you said uh, the next uh, the the album. When are you gonna release the album? Actually, uh, so the entire album releases the 26th of November. Uh, it's in like 
two months or something so we were getting close because people have been waiting a long fucking time for this shit to release tell me about it because oh man i wait for this uh album for almost a year when you started to record it and actually fuck man november is gonna be a trash month also because uh if i don't like myself um persona non grande from uh, exes gonna released at the same uh, time so how you feel to release almost at the same time with Texas I have no idea actually because I don't really pay much attention to new releases I mean the only new bands that I listen to haven't released stuff in five years I actually have no clue the only thing that has been released like in the in the in, in this time was Sarkator which is on the same label but uh, yeah the other bands only released demos like Atonement yeah, uh, you mentioned it, Tom, and um, the thing is, man, you are so young, like, you're uh, younger than 20, of the band is uh, <laughs> younger than 20, and you are playing so good trash, man, in your age, I almost uh, couldn't uh, jerk, and you are fucking uh, milk your instruments, so, how you feel to this vibe to recreate the 80s trash, I can guess? Uh, I think it's really good because I really enjoy the 80s fresh. I think it's it's obviously the best fresh uh, because uh, if you listen to stuff like new stuff like Municipal Waste and the Violator, it's 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 not the same aura as it had in the 80s. It's just like what I would call is poser fresh. And like kind of the mission with Eternal Evil was to bring the real fresh back because people have just been fucking around with that genre for years. Yeah, and uh, actually, um, the guy from uh, Heavy Metal Hangover, Jay, said uh, probably it's time uh, the trash to go again in sleep, like uh, back in the 90s, so they can uh, came new bands that have uh, more um, identity, not to be a, a copy-paste. What do you think about that idea? Uh, I think uh, uh, it's half good, half ba bad, because I don't think that the fresh should go to sleep. I think it's just, it's, it needs to go on forever. And heavy metal in general should go on forever. But I agree with that uh, the fresh metal has to have more originality. And uh, the fresh has kind of come back in some way, as, as of course in our age, there are some other bands, of course like us, Sarkator, Atonement and uh, Exorcist, they all play old school fresh, well Exorcist just changed to uh, death metal, but it's in the same vein, but I think all, the, all of those bands have their original sound. Yeah, Exorcist uh, is, uh, remind me a little bit of uh, Possessed, uh, so yeah, I definitely can uh, see that uh, you're basically trying to recreate the 80s and uh, tell us about the band, because uh, we didn't uh, speak about the band so much, uh, the, the members and how you decided to start with this uh, band and obviously where you play the first gig and where you feel it's your home to play. Alright, so it's a pretty long story. Um, so I was in another band uh, back, I started in 2017 and quit uh, about two years ago. Uh, we were called Freed Fingers and uh, uh, I played with them sometime, we did some big gigs, we played Sweden Rock 2018 in front of 5,000 people, so it was really cool. Um, but then it, it didn't have the genre that I liked because they were more in the stuff like In Flames, 
and stuff like that. Stuff that I don't like. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no problem if you like in flames, yeah. but it, it's, it's just not my taste. So I wanted something new, and I was still in the band at this point. And then my uh, the bassist Jacob, yeah. uh, he uh, was started to jam with this uh, guy from Ekerup which was like a young fresher, our age, just like one year younger. And uh, they needed a, they already had a drummer. Uh, and they said, oh yeah, we need a lead guitarist and, and a singer. And I'm like, I play lead guitar. Uh, and I'm, I was kind of a singer. I don't really see myself as a singer, but I, I had the solo projects before. I had this solo project called The Burning of Sodom. Uh, one demo with three, three tracks, which uh, actually a lot of those riffs has been put into Eternal Evil. Uh, but I released that when I was 13 years old, actually. And, and now if I look back at it, it sounds really good for to a 13-year-old kid. But uh, then I went and did the rehearsal and uh, it just went perfect. Like, we played this, we played the Death Rider by Anthrax. It just was perfect, but... Uh, when I came there, I was like, all right, this band needs some change. So uh, we fired a drummer. <laughs> I was like, all right, we need to get rid of the drummer. Because I already knew someone. Me, me and Jacob actually knew yeah. Alphonse. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, if you fire this drummer, we'll get you a drummer that can play with like De Lombardo. And it's like, okay, so we fired that guy and we got an Alphonse in the band. And, then we, and that was actually the first uh, real lineup of Eternal Evil. Uh, me on vocals and guitar. Ginger on the bass, uh, Jacob, <laughs> and uh, uh, Teddy, Teddy Doff, uh, he played the Skull Scepter and uh, Atonement, actually. Him on lead slash rhythm or something, we really have a formula for that. And then Alphonse on drums. Mm -hmm. So we did some rehearsals and uh, went pretty well, but then there were some issues and we had to get rid of uh, Teddy. Uh, and then actually from there, that's where the band really started to write music. Uh, we already had Rise of Death uh, written, like the song, at that point. And uh, after that, uh, with some more, more rehearsals, uh, we wrote three songs. And uh, the first gig was uh, at uh, Fjellsmangel, where we are right here, <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it was the 18th of October 2019. It was here. And uh, I can tell you, there was no people over 20 at this bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically a kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it, it had that feeling like a fucking... Here in Sweden we call it Ungdomsgård, <laughs> uh, where like young people go. But yeah, we pretty much turned this place th that night into a fucking uh, youth center. <laughs> uh, is there any plan, uh, Eternal Evil, to play in uh, some big uh, gigs or uh, even in some uh, tour uh, around Europe? Uh, we have an upcoming tour um, in uh, February, which actually you <laughs> fixed <laughs> through your friend Alessio. Uh, God bless that man, he's a great man. And uh, he booked us a tour through, through Europe. We'll be starting in... Um, I don't think I can say this, but there are plans to start in Spain. After that, to go to France. After France, go to Belgium, Germany, Czechoslovakia, Poland and Hungary. And it will be like two, week, two weeks tour. So I guess it's better uh, the people to follow you on your uh, Facebook page and uh, to see where uh, they can uh, find you nearby. On, the, on this tour? Yeah, uh, you should uh, follow us on uh, either Facebook or Instagram because uh, that's where we are most active. And you should also follow Etrurian Legion Promotion, which is uh, the, the, the management company that's uh, managing us on tour. That's awesome. Uh, 
Which uh, other country is uh, more interesting uh, for uh, Eternal Evil, uh, not just uh, Sweden? Because I, I think uh, you are uh, very popular right now as well in uh, South America. Am I right or not? Yeah, uh, we're really we got a, a kind of a large following in uh, South America, especially in Colombia. After you fixed the, the Iron Fist uh, sign sign uh, interview, then we got like 50 likes from people <laughs> named Hernandez. <laughs> so we're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Um, where, where I've seen a lot of uh, uh, like support from other countries. Uh, is through uh, our merch sites where people buy it. There's been a lot of people, like extreme a lot of people buying from Germany, Portugal and Colombia. That's fantastic, man. Uh, speaking of merch, uh, I know because I already uh, bought uh, your uh, demos, but uh, is there uh, any merch uh, left and where the people can uh, find your merch as well? Uh, at this point, all our merch are sold out, but uh, It's like the, the Rise of Death shirts, they're all gone. Um, so too bad if you didn't buy one. <laughs> But uh, as I said, the album's releasing the 26th of November and we're already ordered shirts with the album cover and with the song titles on the back. Uh, so that, that will be the, the new shirts. That sounds good, man. And uh, speaking about the new album, because uh, obviously it's uh, very close to be released. Uh, in what uh, type of format it's going to be released? It's uh, going to be just a digital, or uh, also you going to have like uh, physical copies and uh, what type of physical copies as well? Well, uh, um, it's going to re be released on physical copies. It's going to be released on CD, cassette, and vinyl. But the vinyl is going to take a really long time because because of the COVID. Uh, the factories has just uh, gone down, the pressing factories. And uh, before it was three months to order vinyl, now it's gone up to six and then 12. So like an entire year. So it's gone, it's... Um, if I'm right, if I talk to the label, uh, Redefine Darkness, uh, we'll be releasing the vinyl next year during April or something like that. But on the release, uh, it's going to... Um, be released digital digital on uh, all streaming platforms and CD uh, in November and then uh, in between there's going to be a cassette release uh, because it's going to take a long time uh, to release the vinyl and we need some income <laughs> yeah. I get uh, I get that man um, also speaking about uh, the touring and uh, whatever, how you feel all that corona shit, because uh, I think, uh, yeah, you start uh, basically to play in, uh, uh, to play live just before uh, corona strikes and after that, uh, during the corona, it was like one or two um, live stream, so how, how that uh, reflect on you uh, and the band as well, and also Did that help uh, to start um, recording the new material or not? Uh, the Corona thing uh, really impacted the band a lot because uh, a lot of shows got cancelled. We were supposed to play here with uh, Antichrist and Bestiality. Uh, but uh, that was like a week after all the Corona restrictions came to Sweden and uh, that just uh, really sucked and then we didn't have gigs for for months for fucking months and we did like some we did a live stream show the same year at the uh, grand in Uppsala and then we did a live stream gig here oh yeah no no we did a live stream gig on Fredsmangel around May when uh, we had a guest appearance 
like Count Harlock from Dracula <laughs> when we play Wolves. But they, were, but they still had the 50 people rule, so 50 people were at the bar, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's sitting and shit, it's, it's not the same thing. But uh, as you said, uh, we started playing months before the corona striked, and uh, we had some thing is in Stockholm, now in the young people, the scene has grown a lot like for example if you come here at the Jakob Schöckbar when either us are playing Exorcist or Atonement there's a bunch of young people and then when like metalheads true metalheads and when we started there were none of them none of them the first gig I remember there was just my parents and some fucking kid friends we had at the yeah. time and uh, but now when we play I see fucking 14 13 15 year old kids that I don't even know of. <laughs> so the scene has really grown uh, and uh, the f thing is at that time there were a lot of gigs in youth centers in Stockholm mm. but they only play punk like punk you know like uh, the political correct punk uh, and we have pretty extreme lyrics, so we got banned from like three of those uh, youth centers. So we didn't have a chance to play. The only the only chance we got to play is here. That's good, man. Because uh, uh, I mean, it's not good that you were banned, but no, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it's good that uh, at least uh, Frax Mangio allowed you. Because uh, first of all, to play when you are underage is very tough. Because. Uh, what I remember from the um, Pantera videos, because they was uh, almost at uh, your age when they started. Mm. It was the same, basically, go to a gig, pack uh, yourself, uh, drinking some Coca-Cola, finish the gig, pack uh, the shit and go out. Uh, how you feel? Do you feel like, uh, again, back in the 80s when Pantera started or not? Well, uh, in those days you had, it was, it was really easy to get a gig. Here it's not, like there's, the only gigs that include our crowd are, for example, Freya Smangel. There's no other place like it. That, that's why we have played here at least nine, eight times. Uh, it's so much harder to play these days, so much. Yeah, because uh, also I have an uh, interview with Mickey that is uh, one of the promoters for the Frax Mangio and I say, hey man, basically that's the only place in Stockholm. That that sounds ridiculous because uh, you know uh, Stockholm uh, with the death metal and uh, all the fucking metal scene and you have just one place that opened very soon, basically uh, like two years ago, that uh, play real metal, otherwise you go and uh, listen to some uh, pop shit that is uh, like radio friendly book rap how, how you feel about that uh, as well because uh, okay you are obviously are not uh, gonna go to a club uh, drinking alcohol and whatever but uh, when you are uh, going around for example oh, it's a rock club uh, let's go and take uh, one coca-cola or a pepsi or whatever it doesn't matter i don't want to make a commercial for those uh, huge labels because obviously we are not indoors but but um, my uh, my thought was uh, how you feel to go in some quote-unquote male bar and uh, listen to some pop music? It's fucking shit. I'll tell you right now. Like uh, I've been uh, especially like I, I can't get into bars here in this Stockholm or Sweden in general because I'm under 18. But there's been a few experiences in Spain where it's uh, much freer 
uh, I, I went with my dad to some so-called metal bar. They only played radio-friendly shit. And uh, that just is, come on, just be true to yourself for once. That's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's why I always try to promote Kuop uh, Freak's manga, obviously, because uh, not because I'm fucking DJ there, I start to promote uh, before I even start uh, to work there. But the thing is, like, uh, it's the only male Kuop uh, in Stockholm, and uh, and that's uh, very pity because uh, Stockholm is. Uh, like very famous for obviously for the Swedish death metal. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, your uh, biggest impact uh, as a musician, uh, especially? What is your uh, biggest influence uh, when you started, and uh, even now when you are, uh, have some practice? Uh, well, the biggest, like the biggest impact. Thing is, I've uh, been familiar and listened to metal all my life because my dad, he's a He's an old school metalhead. I mean, he was a metalhead uh, when he lived in Chile, and he has shown me a lot of Chilean bands like Panzer and uh, Kronos and uh, Pentagram, stuff like that. So, uh, but like when I was like fucking a couple of months year, year old back in 2004, um, uh, he would uh, play stuff like Ozzy Osbourne, Iron Maiden, Slayer in the car when I was like yeah, just a couple of months old, and uh, it just—it's always been there. But like when it comes uh, musically and instrumentally, uh, it pretty much uh, started when my dad showed me the Cliff and All video when I was about six, seven years old. And then I saw Dave Mustaine shredding on a guitar when he used to be back in Metallica. And I'm like, holy fuck, I want to be that guy. So then I was like, all right, I want to start playing guitar, just seven years old. Then I got an acoustic guitar from my granddad. He learned me a couple of chords, but I was like, that's boring, I want to play metal. So then my uncle gave me his old Aria Pro 86 uh, guitar, electric guitar with an amp actually. And I just changed it from there, I think. Awesome, and uh, some uh, final words uh, for uh, our uh, crowd and listeners. And, and also where uh, they can uh, get in touch with the band. Uh, obviously, I'm going to put uh, in the description uh, of this episode, but uh, it's different when you say it. So, yeah, some final words and uh, we can uh, go inside the bar and uh, listen to some uh, good music. Well, what I want to say, keep it true to yourself, to the music you listen to, and don't listen to corn. <laughs> and you can find us at uh, Instagram, Eternal Evil Band, and then you can find us on Facebook if you just search Eternal Evil. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Daryl. Bye. Coming next week. <laughs>